You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Well, hello, friends. Out of all the possible topics we could chat about, I think today is going to be very precious to all of us. There's a Facebook group called Mission-Minded Women that I'm in, and that place is like going to a huge women's retreat where all the different ladies step up and share what God is doing in their area of the world or their area of ministry. I've seen Melissa share about her ministry several times, and I am so delighted that she could join us here today to share about Beautiful Feet International. I've been praying that you would be encouraged as our vision is expanded to see what God's doing around the world. So Melissa, can you just tell me all the details? Tell me what your ministry is about and how you started it. Yes, thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Um, Our ministry is Beautiful Feet International, and we start international pregnancy centers. We have uh, 75 pregnancy centers in 22 nations. (laughs) And and how we started it is sort of an exciting story because it's a God story. (laughs) So I had been working in pregnancy ministry since mid nineties. And I'd been working in a pregnancy ministry in the United States. And then also had been doing international missions at the same time, but they weren't connected to each other. The international missions was not pregnancy center related. We did all kinds of things, medical clinics, vacation, Bible school, all kinds of stuff. And then I was doing pregnancy ministry in the U S at the same time. And in 2012, my husband got a call from someone that he had worked with just in secular work years before. And he said he knew that our oldest son wanted to be a missionary doctor. And so he wanted to give us a house for him to start a medical clinic in Costa Rica. And my husband said, oh, well, he still has to finish medical school and residency. So we'll call you back in five years. And he came and told me and I said, If someone wants to give you a house for ministry, you do not say, I'll call you back in five years. (laughs) So I knew right in that moment that God wanted us to start a pregnancy center there in Costa Rica. Um, I had not had like a dream or a vision for that, but I just knew in that moment, I remember exactly where I was standing and how the Lord said, do this thing. So my husband went and called Frank, the donor back and um, told him that. And Frank was like, oh, that wasn't really my vision. Let me talk to my wife. We can maybe get together. So we did. We made a plan to get together, the four of us, in a few weeks. When we did, lo and behold, his wife was volunteering at a pregnancy center where she lived and was like, yes, let's do it. So a couple of weeks later, we were on a plane, my husband, Ken, and I, and the donor, Frank, to Costa Rica, um, which is also a beautiful story because my husband and I had served full time in Costa Rica with our children years before the Lord had called us back to the U.S. And in those 15 years, we had been taking teams all over the world, but had never gone back to Costa Rica. So there we were going back to where our mission um, journey started. We had no appointments. We were there for a long weekend and we met with 
pastors, government officials, an attorney, all these things that God had just lined up. Like we had nothing set up, but God had lined it all up. We got permission for everything and we were, we were, we were good to go. And at that time we thought we would have one pregnancy center in Costa Rica. It opened in 2013. And then we started to people in other places in Costa Rica saw what we were doing and they said, could we do it here? Could we do it here? Then in other places in Latin America, then in Africa, then in Asia. And so it, it just, the Lord has grown it like that. We have never sought any of this out. God has brought it all to us. Um, he grew it first in Latin America, then Africa. He has recently moved us to Asia. And we now have pregnancy ministries in Vietnam, Nepal, India. And in two weeks, I'm going to be going, wait for it, to Rome to start our first pregnancy ministry in Europe. Wow. Well, okay. So what I'm familiar with the pro-life and pregnancy centers in America. And I think probably a lot of people who are listening are, but what did the demographic look like in all those countries? Is, is this something that they were already doing that you then partnered with, or was this an absolutely new concept? For the most part, it has been an absolutely new concept. Um, now, there are places where they were doing some work and we just came alongside them and gave them additional training and materials. But in many, most of the cases, um, it was something that was completely new that they had never heard of. Is it structured kind of like they do here, you know, maybe having a welcome center and you come in and you take a pregnancy test and then meet with a counselor or a um, mentor person to talk with you about your options and, and how you're feeling about your pregnancy? Yes. So the structure, the concepts of it is very much the same. It looks a lot different in most of these places where we go. So where you, when you're envisioning like a welcome center, you know, the way the buildings, the facilities look is quite a bit different, quite a bit different in every place, right? You can imagine that, um, you know, India looks different from Mexico, looks different from Africa. Um, so the, the heart of it is the same, right? Ministering to women, showing mothers the love of Christ showing them, explaining to them how they are precious to God and God has a beautiful plan for them and for their children. The heart of it is absolutely the same. The way it looks when you see pictures of it, it looks a lot different. You know, it might be just women gathered under, under a tree or, you know, it, it looks different, but the heart of it is absolutely the same. So tell me about how you chose the name Beautiful Feet International. Um, the Lord gave me the name <laughs> and it comes from a verse in Romans and also in Isaiah where the Bible is saying, how are they going to hear if we don't tell them? And how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news? And because for us, we love the babies and we want those babies' lives to be saved. But even more than the saving of physical lives, we're interested in the 
spiritual salvation, right? Eternal life. And we want these moms to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so we are going to spread the good news. And the Lord gave me that name originally, even before we were doing pregnancy ministry, just when we were taking teams around the world and we would go to places and we still go to places where um, the gospel is not necessarily welcomed by the government. You know, we've been in uh, multiple communist countries. And so we wanted to choose a name that um, wasn't like God or Jesus or something like that, but yet it was, it was from scripture, except usually if people aren't believers, they don't, that doesn't, that doesn't remind them of anything to do with the Lord, right? People think that we're podiatrists or we do pedicures or something like that, you know? Um, and even a lot of times believers don't know. They're like, where did, you, where did you get that name? And so it's about spreading the gospel. And it also, now that we are doing full-time pregnancy ministry, people always, it always reminds them of, you know, those little pins that have like the little tiny baby feet that show like the size and development of baby feet in the womb. And so, um, you know, of course, God knew all that, right? <laughs> God knew all that when he told us what to name the ministry. When I was thinking about it, I thought of two meanings. One was the verse that you just said, and the other was thinking about just the beautiful feet of the babies that are born because their lives have been preserved. Absolutely. I just interviewed a gal named Suzanne Burns, and she's going to be on episode 119. So if anybody's interested, they go back and listen to that. And she operates a maternity home here in Tennessee. And, you know, she kind of had that same heart is that we could reach the hearts of the mothers and by reaching the hearts of the mothers and and reaching them with the gospel that will multiply in in great ways so if we go and work with the mom then that mom will begin to work with her own children and thus that ministry be multiplied and so i think that is a beautiful way to just multiply multiply what we're doing Amen. Thank you. Yeah, this is definitely a ministry to moms. And, and one of the beautiful things that we see is sometimes we see these moms and they go through our program and it's, um, it's almost two years. So we are with them throughout their pregnancy and then baby's first year. And typically, ideally, they come in and they meet with us once a week. And so it is a one-on-one -on -one uh, discipleship, woman-to-woman -woman ministry. And um, what we have seen many times is that after the women have come through the, the whole program, then they want to volunteer and minister to other moms. So it's really a beautiful thing to watch. Hmm. So do you bring a lot of people from stateside to go do these? Is that part of maybe setting it up and implementing? Or are you training people there on the ground, nationals? We train nationals. So all of our pregnancy ministries are run by nationals. And that's one of the things that I love about it, because you know that they can reach the hearts of those women even so much more than we ever could. Not It's not only because of language barriers, which that is a huge part of it, but also just they know the culture. Even when you go to a country and live there and learn, it's never exactly the same, you know, and so they they can minister best to to their women. So um, they're all run by nationals. And then in some of our countries where we have a lot of centers, we have country directors that are nationals. So 
Wow. So how many languages are you fluent in? Oh, only two. Well, fluent, I don't know. I speak English and Spanish. <laughs> okay. Okay. That That's a good start. That's more than I have. <laughs> so where are you on your stage of motherhood? And when when did you launch this as far as were your children young or you you traveled? You guys were missionaries. And then how did that work out? Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of questions together. I Let know. I know. Break it down. <laughs> Just pick one. Just pick one. Okay. Um, so yeah, balancing motherhood and ministry is always a challenge. I, my husband and I've been married 38 years. <laughs> wow. and, and we have six children. Three of them are birth children and three of them are adopted children. And we have 10 grandchildren. And so, yeah, let me think here. So when I started in pregnancy ministry, when I started in pregnancy ministry, I had two children and, you know, just did that part time. And then when we moved to Costa Rica at that time, we had three children. So our three children moved with us. Um, when we came back from Costa Rica, then, and that was when we started taking mission teams. So we took our kids a lot with us overseas. So all of our kids have done a lot of mission work their whole lives. And um, now I'm getting to the point we of with our grandchildren. My, our oldest grandchild is seven. We had four born this year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So our youngest is two months old and our oldest is seven years old. I'm hoping that we're getting close to the time where we can start to take our grandchildren with us um, overseas. So balancing it. I don't know if you asked me that question, but that's kind of what I'm thinking about. It's always a balance. And, you know, as old as I am now, I thought like by now everything would be like easy peasy, but it never is, you know, still, I'm still balancing, even though my, my children are grown, my youngest, my, my baby is still a teenager. He's 19. So, um, but I'm still trying to balance, you know, cause you're still a mom, right? Even when your kids are adults, you're, you're still, you're still a mother. It's different, but I'm still trying to like be a good mom to the six kids, be a good Gigi to the 10 um, grandkids and serve the Lord with my whole heart. So it's, it's always a balance. Um, but for me, as I did missions, sometimes people would question that like, oh, you know, your poor kids. But for me, I felt like it was something I was doing for my children. You know, I wanted my children I didn't want my children to think that this life is all about them, even though like I loved them and I, I love them and I adore them. I wanted them to understand that God's plan for us is to take care of other people, you know? And so that's one of my biggest joys has been serving with my children on the mission field. And still as adults, my kids have gone with me. In fact, my son, Michael, that we talked about earlier, the one who wanted to be a missionary doctor, he serves as the medical director for Beautiful Feet International. So he has a, he has a job and he works at a hospital, but then he, that's a volunteer position for him. He's the medical director of Beautiful Feet and, um, my second son, Josh, he and his wife at one time served in Costa Rica for three months, like overseeing the pregnancy centers before we had a national director that was overseeing all of that ministry there. So they're all involved. My my youngest son, Nick, just went with me in July to Costa Rica to um, 
to do work there. So they're they're all involved in missions at one level or another in their lives. And I I believe that that will continue not only with them, but with our grandchildren, you know, by God's grace. That's such an encouragement because I think that there's a lot of moms that listen and say, I'm simply juggling getting food on the table and making sure that there's, I can find everybody's shoes, right? Like we're lucky if we can make it to church on Sunday. I get it. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think we all have busy lives. Um, I interviewed another gal recently who said, you know, we all have busy lives, but I want to live an interruptible life to be able to go where God has called me to do. And so I think that is another factor of this is we're busy, but we want to be busy with the work that the Lord has for us and not just, like you said, focused on us and focused on what we want to do, but train our children's ears to see that bigger picture of the Lord working. Um, did I say train their ears to see? So maybe, <laughs> maybe we need to train their ears to listen and their eyes to see. So do you have any ideas of how we can do that in our, in our everyday mom life? Amen. Yes, I do. I mean, I, so grab your kids and bring them with you to serve. Don't just take your kids to stuff that is serving them, right? We that's what we tend to do in church. And I'm I'm not against that, right? But I mean, I've done all kinds of stuff like that. But, you know, yes, sure, you bring your kids to children's church or VBS or, you know, whatever youth programs that's serving them, but bring your children to serve, you know, bring your children to once they're teenagers to help with the VBS, you know, bring your kids to feed the homeless, you know, do the, you have littles, you know, you do, you know, um, operation Christmas child, do the shoe boxes, but have the kids do it right. Have the kids save their money and go to the dollar store or have them work. They can do that when they're really little jobs around the house where you, where they can earn a dollar here and a dollar there. And then you bring them to the dollar store and they fill that shoe box and they go, you know, for your, for your local pregnancy center, same thing, you know, you can, you and your kids can, um, do stuff, you know, go to yard sales and buy, you know, clothes that are in really nice shape, but have them spend their money, their time, do that stuff. Teach your kids to serve, take them on an international mission trip. I'm, of course you have to be discerning, right? Depending on the age of your child and the development of your child and where the trip is going. But I think the younger, the better that you start your kids in, in service and in mission. So the kids don't, aren't thinking about what can I get? But they're thinking about what can I give, you know, have them look at their toys and give some of them away, not the ones they don't want, the ones they do want, you know, because that's not what we're teaching, like that you give away stuff that you don't want. You know, the Bible tells us like to give of our first fruits, right? And so you can teach that to children very, very young and develop a heart of service and generosity and compassion that when children see someone else, whether it's another child or an adult that is in need, that you don't walk around that person. I mean, sometimes you do. I, I, of course you have to be concerned about the safety of your children. I'm not saying be reckless with your children. Of course, you're always concerned for their safety, but you know, with those things in mind and with discernment that you go to the people who are hurting and needy and, and pray, 
you know, you there's a lot of places you might not be able to take your kids, but that you're taking the time to sit down with the kids and pray, to sit down with your children and a map you know, and say, look at this, you know, and there are resources for that, you know, like Operation World that talk about the different places in the world and the needs that they have, the spiritual needs, you know, your kids need to understand that there are people all over the world who have never heard the name of Jesus. And so to be praying for them and developing a heart in them for the lost, I remember a little picture book when my children, older children were younger and it was like from Arapesh to Zuni, I think it was. Yeah. Have you remember that book? And it, no. it's like <laughs> alphabetical, like all the different um, countries, all the different people groups that I think Arapesh is the first one. And Zuni was, you know, alphabetical through tribes and people that need to hear the gospel. And so having some of those resources around, yeah, I think um, would really expand our view and for goodness sakes, like even I just think of my grandkids and then my younger children too, because my youngest is nine and my grand, my oldest granddaughter is almost six. So we kind of cluster them together for some of this teaching stuff, right? Picturing what my neighborhood is versus what my state is, my country, the continent, the world, like that's a huge concept right there to understand that everything doesn't happen within my community, but there's a lot of other communities and, and people with a lot of different perspectives. It's really important. Like we were talking about before, and I see, you know, in churches in America, in general, we tend to be very inwardly focused, you know, and, and really good at taking care of our communities, you know, but, you know, the Bible talks about, right. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I, I feel like that ends of the earth kind of does not get um, the attention maybe that it should. And in pro-life ministry, I think that's a, that is an issue in general in pro-life ministry. Um, a lot of statistics have come out within the last year. And the fact is, I want to share this with you because it's kind of a shocking fact for people. And even for me in this work, 98% of abortions happen outside of the United States. Only 2% of the abortions in the world are happening here in the United States. And the same number, 98% of pro-life funding stays here in the United States. And so there's this huge thing going on, you know, abortion all over the world. And we in the church tend to be focused right here on taking care of our communities, which we need to be taking care of our communities. But in the United States, there are three um, pregnancy centers for every abortion clinic, and which is great. And, you know, and, and I mean, praise God, Roe versus Wade was overturned this yes. year. Pam, yes. I mean, yes. this is something I've been praying for for my whole life. And so this is fabulous. There's still a lot of work to be done in the U.S. And, you know, keep giving to your local pregnancy centers, keep supporting them. But, you know, pray about, you know, would God like you to do even more? <laughs> okay. When you <laughs> give me those numbers, I'm thinking to myself, how discouraged we get sometimes here in the U S 
saying there's so much work. We need more workers. We need more people volunteering at the pregnancy centers. And financially, we need more resources going in because the work that we do is a drop in the bucket. But when you give me those numbers, it's like a gut punch of going, oh my goodness, like how that's huge. Like if, if our resources cannot cover or are struggling here in the U S then thinking of expanding that is, is just so overwhelming. But I'm also reminded that our God that we serve is the giver of all those resources and he can and will provide abundantly, right? He just continues to pour in as we are willing to open our hands, our pocketbooks, our hearts and pour out. He just continually flows it in because he's the source of all those things anyway. Amen. He does. And I, and I tell you, like, if I can encourage you at all in my testimony, like I, I had no idea, you know, if someone had told me like, oh, you'll be like managing 75 pregnancy centers in 22 nations. It's just overwhelming. Even when I say it now, I just think like, oh my goodness, you know, like I'm sitting here in my, my little office, which is in my laundry room. Right. (laughs) You know, and, and the Lord just, I mean, every day, it's not an exaggeration. Every day I'm getting contacted by, you know, by Cuba, by Vietnam, by these places that are very lost. And they're saying, will you help us? Will you help us? And every time I say yes, I have never said no based on financial reasons. I've said no sometimes because, you know, theology or something like it's just not a fit for a certain reason. But Every time I get someone that asks me, will you help us? I just say yes. And I have no idea like how we're going to do it. I mean, thank God that I have a board that sees with eyes of faith and they don't say like, no, no, like we have to figure this all out on paper. We just know we've seen it. God has shown himself faithful from the beginning. And we're not like, I don't have like a, like a fundraising staff or any of that kind of thing. Although I would like to. So if anybody's listening and wants to do that, please call. (laughs) But I mean, it's just all been something that God has done. And people will ask, well, how do you decide where you're going to go? I do not. I pick up my phone when I wake up in the morning and see who in the world has, you know, emailed me or sent me a message through WhatsApp or whatever. And God has done all of this. And so what I want to encourage like everybody listening in whatever it is that you're doing, you're not doing the same exact thing I'm doing, but you are, you're following God, right? You're following God. You're a mom. And so you're listening and God's telling you what to do for your kids and what to do for him and, and what to do for your grandkids. And, and so just keep saying yes to God. And even when it's scary, just keep, just keep saying yes, just keep saying yes to God every time. And it doesn't have to all work out on paper. And trust me, I am like a person that is very much like a list person. You know, I would love like in my flesh to have everything structured and know what I'm doing at all times and have it all work out on paper. That's like how God made my mind work. But he put me in this ministry that is all like just holding on to his hand as he takes me for the ride of my life, you know, and it's been 
scary and amazing and more, you know, what is it that the Bible says that he gives us infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. And that, that is the story of my life. (laughs) Wow. So even at that, I imagine there's got to be some setbacks and some challenges because there, there always is. Right. So how do you, how do you handle that? I mean, if, if it's on the mission field and doing what you're doing, or even in our lives, you know, I get ready to head out to go volunteer somewhere here and somebody, well, yesterday I was heading out and, uh, one of my little boys came up and said, uh, the other one just cut himself. We were cutting cardboard boxes to make a bunch of, you know, things with cardboard boxes as they do. And I thought, ah, I was trying to get out the door to this ministry and life happens. So how do you handle that when there's those setbacks? (laughs) That's a great question. So yeah, there are always setbacks. And honestly, I mean, there also is a lot of spiritual attacks too, you know, so there's the little stuff and then there's huge stuff that comes into our life and um, into our family that, you know, I have been like knocked off my feet multiple times and not just for a minute, but for prolonged periods of time, there've been things that have have hit my family that I (laughs) never in a million years could have anticipated. And so how do I handle it? I think that the key is (laughs) trying to keep your eyes on Jesus, no matter what. And so, and, and we know that the ministry, the ministry of mothering of our children and other ministries. It's all God's, right? These are God's children. They're our children, but they're God's children. And he loves them more than we do. And the ministries that he's put into our hands, they are his ministries. And so I think, you know, when we are knocked down for whatever reason, whether it's financial things, health things, relationship things, tragedies, and, um, we have had more than a few, um, God's got it, right? God's got it. He's got the ministry. And even even more than that, he's got us, right? So when we can't, and there've been plenty of times when I can't, can't even do anything because of pain and sorrow and loss, God's got us. He loves us. And so he's not dependent on us. Ministry's not dependent on us. Our kids are not dependent on us. Of course they are, right? We're the ones that cook their dinners and wash their clothes and all those things. But when we fall, God never does. God never does. And he's always caring for us, for our families. And so we just have to keep our eyes on him and trust him. And I I know that sounds kind of like, that's easy to say, but it really is true, you know, and sometimes our world is going to fall apart. And I imagine that there are people listening right now that are going through something horrific and I'm sorry, but God loves you and he's got you. So we can still continue to serve when we're suffering, but there also are times that we have to step back and just let God take care of us. So I don't know if that's really where you were going because you started with the little, the little interruptions. Um, but sometimes we have really big ones too. And 
God is always there and he's always faithful. Yes, that speaks to our hearts. And I, I'm so thankful that you spoke about that. I think when we're in when we're in the trenches of motherhood, especially a young mom just starting out, we can freeze and think, I have to freeze. There's no other option. But to fix our eyes on Jesus and just keep going and and trusting and moving forward, he grows us through that he builds our character and he builds faith in our children also through those, those things. And I think, you know, little steps, big steps, both of them kind of require the same thing, right? When what's the verse where it says doing all you can to stand, stand firm then. I I don't remember the exact thing, but you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I'm doing everything. I'm, but we still stand firm. Like how do we keep that stance of firm stance? It's by keeping our eyes directed to Jesus. Right. And we remember that he's the one that's holding us. Like I, you know, I've certainly had times where I feel like I can't stand, but God's going to hold me there. You know, he knows that, right. He knows that I am too weak in certain moments. Some, and sometimes I can be bold and brave, but sometimes no. And that's okay because God is not dependent on us. We are dependent on him mm. and he doesn't fail. I I'm, I'm speechless in a way. I mean, it's, it's something that I know, right? It's something that I've told other people, but to sit in that for a minute and just sit in that, think about that. That's amazing. And I I imagine that people that are listening um, feel weak sometimes, maybe right now when they're listening. And that is okay, right? The Bible talks about that over and over again, that, you know, that we are jars of clay, right? We are jars of clay. God has put his treasure in us. God knows that he's not counting on us to be, you know, brilliant and all of those things. What he asks us to do is to trust him, to keep our eyes on him and to trust him because he's the one that's going to do it. He has, and for every mom who's listening, he has chosen you to be the mother to those children that you have. So if you're like me, there are probably times when you've thought, oh my goodness, this kid should have had a different mom. (laughs) because I'm not equipped for this, but it's not true. God doesn't make mistakes. He picked you to be the mom that that child needs for your son and your daughter. You're the mom that God chose for them. And so you can be confident in that. And yeah, you probably need to do make some changes, right? We need to get in the word. We need to study more. We need to learn from other people, but you're the one that God chose the perfect mom for your son and your daughter. Amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is truth spoken here. And I just pray that it is an encouragement to women as they go through their day. You're a Titus two woman who is speaking (laughs) life into the next generation. Amen. So when people want to connect with you, they're going to find you on Instagram and Facebook, and that's Beautiful Feet International? Yes. Okay. And your website also? 
is beautifulfeetinternational.com. Okay. And I'm going to put the links for those things in the show notes. So just a simple click away. And I also mentioned at the beginning, Mission Minded Women. And that is our friend, Ann Dunnigan. She just has a great little forum there on Facebook where you can join and just listen to what the Lord is doing across the globe in so many different types of ministry. And it, we would just love it if you join us over there so that we can, I mean, I was reading this morning about just how much worship even precedes different. There's like these sequences in the Bible, right? Worship and praise is the forefront into a lot of the work of the Lord. And even being in that group, even if you're not sharing something yourself, you can read about what God is doing and praise him and just be in worship for the way that he works. So we'd love it if you join us over there. Okay. So the other thing that you've kind of whispered in my ear, and I want to find out more about is some books and resources that you have. Yes. The Lord has given me some different things. I have written, um, a couple of devotionals for mission trips, Let's Go and Get Set, which are for people that are going on short-term mission trips. But I have also written devotionals for moms. I've written A Mother's Journey, which is a devotional for pregnant women. And um, I've written A Mother's Comfort, which is devotional for new moms. And then I have written a book called You Are Wonderful, which is a children's book, Psalm 139 for children. Then I have also, I've just most recently written a devotional for survivors of sexual abuse. And that actually has not come out yet. It's going to, it's at the publisher at Tyndale Publishing and it's, it's done, but like everything else these days, it takes longer to get stuff out. So that that's called no shame. And that will be coming out sometime next year. And all of my books um, are available in both English and Spanish. So um, if any of those things touch your heart in some way, like, Oh, I think I might like to have that. Then, um, you can, you can see them on our website, beautifulfeetinternational.com. And they are all available through christianbooks.com and also Amazon. I like people to use Christian books because they're Christian, <laughs> but they're also available on Amazon as well. So thank you for letting me share that. That's so exciting. Those are going to be great resources. I hope that the ladies get in their hands. And I would just ask you if you would take a minute and close us out in a word of prayer. Yes. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for Pam. I thank you that you have chosen her, anointed her, called her to this, Father God. And I just pray that you would continue to bless her and her children, her, her grandchildren, her ministries, Father God. I pray for each mom that is listening right now, Father God, I pray that you would speak to the heart of each mom, Father God, and give them the strength and the courage that they need in this current phase of their, of their mothering, Father God. I just pray that you would give them peace and joy as they minister to their children, your children, Father God. I do pray for the unborn around the country and around the world. I pray for their protection. I pray for their moms, that they would come to know you as Lord and Savior and that they would raise their children to know you and to follow you. 
I pray for our pregnancy ministries around the world, Father God. I pray for each director and I pray for each volunteer that you would give them peace and joy and strength as they serve you, Father God. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I can't wait until we meet again next week, ladies. And before you put down your phone, please take a minute and connect with Melissa and follow her and all the places. I I just pray that this interview drew your heart to see what God is doing. Let's just join together and, and thank him for that as, as we get ready to launch into a next year of ministry. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, Thank you.